couple summers ago, I took the students to the International Youth Convention in Indianapolis, and I was told that on the way, since we're driving through St. Louis, we just have to stop at the City Museum. And I looked it up, and it looked pretty awesome. It's like a giant indoor play place um, for all size of people, not just for kids. And so we went, and I'm just kind of, you know, hanging out, having fun. And then I had two students that came up to me and said, Pastor Will, you got to try this. And I'm not going to name any names, but it might have been Daniela and Sydney. Uh, they said, come, come over here, you got to try this slide, it's real fun. Oh yeah, real fun. So I get over there and I, you see a slide and it's just like a hole in the ground that leads to somewhere you can't see. And that should have been a warning enough to me to say I shouldn't go down this. But being the good youth pastor that I am, I, I went with them and I go down the slide and it was a lot of fun. Only that when we got down there, uh, them being as tiny as they are, they scurry out this small little hole to get, to get back to the top. And I look and I say, oh no. I'm in trouble. I might be stuck down here forever, right? Praise be to God that there was an emergency exit for folks like me. Um, but I'm not going to lie, I was deeply concerned for a couple of minutes because uh, I wasn't sure I was going to get out. How many of you have felt that feeling before? That feeling of being stuck? And maybe it wasn't like me. Maybe you weren't literally stuck. But maybe you've been stuck mentally. Maybe you've been stuck spiritually or emotionally. I think that getting stuck is kind of part of life. And for those of you that maybe you feel stuck right now or you've been through those feelings, can I just, can I just ease you just for a moment we all get stuck from time to time. In fact, even Winnie the Pooh gets stuck. Look at this. Whose idea was it to name a child's book, Pooh Gets Stuck? I don't know. I don't know. That was a, that was a terrible, terrible idea. Sorry. This, this morning we are continuing a series that we started last week called Unstuck. And we've been taking a look into the story of Gideon and how the Lord helped the Israelites get unstuck. How they were freed from under the oppression of the Midianites. You know, what happens is that sometimes when you are oppressed, oppression can make you desperate. That idea of I've got to do whatever I can do to survive. Judges 6, 11 through 12 says this. Then the angel of the Lord came to Gideon, son of Joash, who was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. So instead of standing up to Midian, Gideon decides to hide. See, Gideon was hiding his food, but really he was hiding from his enemy. He was hiding from a battle, hiding from confrontation. So I feel like we've got to ask ourselves that question this morning. Why are we 
hiding. I want to give you four reasons why I think we hide, but just want to say there are obviously more than four. But one of the reasons we hide, I think, is because we're ashamed. Whether it's our flaws or scars or mistakes or failures or even just this idea of not measuring up to who we think we should be. Like Adam and Eve, maybe we're hiding from God, hiding from even the ones that love us because somewhere deep down inside, we're terrified of what they might think of us if they really knew who we were or saw the real us. There's some of us here today that, that we're hiding because we're sad. Hiding because it's become too hard to go out into the world and pretend like we're okay when we're not. Life has been hard. It's been tragic. It's been unkind. And let's be honest, some of us at some times would rather just curl up and disappear. I think a lot of us are hiding because we're exhausted. I mean, we're just hiding because we're tired running from receiving any possible more responsibility. Listen, I can't risk getting one more thing added to my plate. Listen, I got enough problems on my own. I don't need anybody else's problems too. And this is probably the most important one. I think that a lot of times we hide because we're scared. Whether it's scared of our past coming to haunt us, Scared of future failure, scared that we're not enough, or maybe like Gideon, there's a battle looming before us. Maybe we're scared of our enemies, and maybe we're scared of God. Not in the sense of this cosmic cop coming to punish us for our sin, because God's a God of grace, but maybe we're scared of God because of what he might ask us to do, or where he might ask us to go, or what he might ask us not to to do. Maybe we're anxious for what tomorrow holds in our homes, in our country, in the world. Not always, but all of us at different times find ourselves hiding from something or someone. So I got to ask the question, how do we get free? How do we get free from that shame? Free from grief? free from exhaustion, free from fear. And the first thing I believe we have to do is we've got to learn to listen to the voice of God. I've developed this uh, hobby, we're going to call it. And I, I know I've talked about this before. I, I just love to go on long walks and I love looking for birds and I like to take pictures of birds. And for the most part, I'm looking for hawks. And one of the things that I've realized is that almost always I hear birds before I see them. And I'm almost getting to the point now where there's a lot of birds that I can distinguish just by hearing their call. I'll hear something and go, that's a chickadee, or that's a goldfinch, or that's a hawk. See, that's what I'm looking for. And you would think that among the birds, the hawk would be easy to distinguish. But unfortunately, it's not because there are blue jays out there. Now, what you may not know is that a blue jay is smart enough to mimic the call of a hawk because it wants all the other creatures in the forest 
to think that it's bigger and badder than it really is, to scare everything else away. So there's times I'm walking through and I get excited because I think I hear a hawk and I'm like, it's a blue jay, right? So I've, I've had to begin to train myself to hear the subtle differences between the blue jay and the hawk. See, in life, I think we have to do the same thing. We have got to learn to drown out all the other voices so that we can hear God. See, this is hard because hearing God requires us to slow down, to be still, to seek his word. But it's also hard, and can I get an amen, because there are too many blue jays in our lives. Too many voices trying to tell us who to be, how to act, where to go, what to do. Too many people foolishly trying to speak into our lives on God's behalf. Pause, including yourself. I want to read to you Luke 19, 3 through 4. Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was about to pass that way. See, I love this because Zacchaeus did whatever he had to do to make sure that he had an opportunity to hear the voice of Jesus. A man who was willing to go where Jesus was going to be and to make sure to isolate himself from the coming crowd so that he didn't miss an encounter with Jesus that would change his life forever. All of this just so we could hear Jesus. Has anybody else just thought about a short man trying to climb a tree? Okay, am I the only one that does that? But he did it. He made sure it happened because it was that important to him to hear from Jesus. What would it look like for you today to get into a position where you can hear from Jesus? See, I believe that God's voice is always calling to us, and I know that his word is always available to us. So we got to ask ourselves the question, can you hear him? John eleven forty three through 44 says this. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. This man who had been declared dead, he'd been put into a cave and shut the door because he had been declared dead. And Jesus comes, makes him open the door and calls out his name. I believe that God, as he called Lazarus in, is calling you today, calling you out of hiding, calling you to awake from your sleep, to walk away from the sin and death and darkness, to come back to Jesus to come close to him. See, God loves you and he wants you to find life and he wants to give you freedom from the things that cause you to hide. He's calling us to himself. You know why? Because there are too many of us fighting battles alone, bound by the troubles of life. He's calling us to himself because we lack the power to unwrap ourselves. And even though death has been defeated, Satan is not ready to let go of us. So this leads me to the next point. We have got to let God fight the battle with you. See, God finds Gideon and and he's hiding 
He's unwilling to stand up to the Midianites and God calls him to battle. And he says, listen, don't worry, I will be with you. And Gideon asks a really good question. He says, God, if you're with me, then why are we here in the first place? And I think it's really cool because God doesn't answer that question. And it's nice because having the context of Scripture, we know why God has them in this situation. Because they've not been listening to him. They've not been obedient to God. And they've got themselves in this situation. But God, this is what God says. He says, Gideon, you're the solution. I'm calling you. I'm sending you. And don't worry about your ability because I'm going with you. He's almost saying, listen, forget about how you got here and let's go redeem our people and let's do it together. Judges 7, 22 tells the story of what happens as they fight against the Midianites. It says, when the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. And those that were not killed fled to places far away. Here's the good news this morning. Fighting with God is not about your talent. It's not about your effort. Fighting with God is all 100% about obedience. Fighting with God is about trust. It's about trusting in his power regardless of how big and how bad the enemy appears to be, regardless of how impossible the obstacle in front of you looks. I got an opportunity when I was in college to uh, travel to Wyoming to preach at their state youth convention. And uh, as I got there, I had some trouble with my eye. And as I got up to speak that night, I went almost completely blind in my right eye. I had no idea what was going on. And I had to preach that whole weekend blind in this eye. Now, I got home and went to the doctor and they said, they said that basically my mom, when, I was, when she was pregnant with me, got too close to a cat and it, scarred, it caused a scar to happen in my eyeball, which is reason 853 why I don't like cats. Um, but anyways, so then... Maybe three years later, I'm talking years later, I go to, to preach at a camp. And guess what happens? My eye flares up again. Now, I'm not a mystical type of person, but even I am smart enough to realize when Satan's coming after me. See, when you are attempting to listen to the voice of God, when you are attempting to fight your battles, you've got to understand that opposition will come up against you. But then you've got to remember who it is that fights with you. See, I'm doing a, a Missouri State Youth Convention next weekend, so I would greatly appreciate your prayers if you think of me uh, and some of the students that are going with me. And last Sunday, I just had had a couple of bad weeks, and I'm sitting there, and Pastor Steve is, is preaching, and after he's done preaching, I'm like, listen, I just need prayer. I went to the altar and I, and I was praying. And at the end of my prayer at the altar, I, I kept saying this. I kept saying, I've got to be better. 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 And it was like this, just, just for a moment, the Spirit of God rested on me and said, would you shut up? You can't be better. You can't be better. And I thought of this verse, John 15, 5. 
See, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I don't know why I thought of this. Okay, so forgive me for this illustration. But I had this idea that, that life is like a lottery scratcher. Right? You wake up in the morning and you don't know what you're going to get. You scratch it off and you see it. Some days you win and most days you lose, right? Like, and I, I had this idea in my mind that if, if I just scratched harder, I felt like God was saying to me, you, you, you don't realize that it doesn't matter how hard you scratch, it doesn't change the result. It was like this idea that God was calling me to remain in him and not in my own strength calling me to, to quit trying harder, but to abide in him, to rest in him, to find refuge in him, to get on my knees and pray, to seek him in his word, and to be willing and courageous enough to ask for help from the people that love me, to quit trying to fight out of my own strength. This idea that I don't have to cower in fear because I have a savior that's willing to fight by my side. And I have a church family that's willing to support me and my war effort, also that I can find peace that surpasses all understanding, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, even in the midst of life's greatest battles. We've got to let God fight the battle with you. If you're taking notes today, I want you to do me a favor. On that, I want you to circle with you might be one of the most important pieces of that because you've got to understand that we serve a God that responds to faith. Faith that isn't just talk, but faith that acts. I don't believe that we serve a God that's willing to fight for us while we hide in the bushes. We have a God that seeks to fight by our side, to fight with us and for us which means that we have to be willing to go to war. We've got to be courageous enough to step out of hiding. Joshua 1.9 says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. God says this to Joshua right when he takes over from Moses. And there's a couple battles that loom over his head. This is not a time where you'd want to, you want to be given command. And there's a couple of things. They, they have to travel to the promised land, and there's this river in the way. And God says, listen, I will part the river if you step in it first. And that's what they do. They step in the river, and God parts it. And then they get to this city, and it's this huge city of Jericho with these huge walls, and they look impenetrable. And God says, listen, if you would be obedient to me, if you are courageous enough just to walk around it, to blow a trumpet and to shout, I will show up and I will bring down the walls of Jericho. If you have the courage to go, if you have the courage to do what I ask you to do, then I will bring you victory by my hand. Back to this idea that obedience brings forth the work and victory of God. You cannot be obedient to God while hiding in the bushes. I want to ask that question to you this morning. I want you to think about it. 
What battles are you hiding from? What fights in your life have you just started laying down and accepting defeat? Where in your life are you resisting change because it's too uncomfortable or difficult? Maybe for a lot of us this morning, there's some addictions that we've had in our life and there's some of us that we're just convinced that we'll never be free of it. Maybe it's a friendship that went south or a marriage that is struggling and you can't imagine the possibility of reconciliation so you've given up. Maybe it's an illness and you've even decided that God can't or won't heal you so you've quit praying. Maybe it's a financial problem. Maybe you've dug a hole so deep and you just don't see a way out. Maybe it's a class at school and, and you've just convinced yourself you're too dumb to pass or too dumb to get an A. And maybe it's work. Maybe you feel stuck where you are and you've just become lethargic. You do the bare minimum because you forgot that God has called us to work for him. Maybe it's depression. Maybe you've just chalked it up to all the dreams that you have are just too big and too impossible to chase. Or maybe you just have decided that, you know what, everything I touch just, I, I ruin everything. So it's just best for me to give up. But can you hear that? If you're quiet enough, can, can you hear that? See, that, my friends, is the voice of God calling you to action, calling you to make a stand, calling you to get your feet wet, calling you out of the bushes and off the sidelines, calling you out of your tomb and out of your grave clothes, begging you, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, Proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of his darkness and into his marvelous light. But the question for us is, are you willing? Are you courageous enough to walk into the light? Courageous enough to walk out of the darkness that you feel stuck in into his marvelous light. Not like this flashlight or a spotlight. God's not looking to point out all your failures and put you on blast and, and show everybody your deficiencies. But God shows up to lead you like a lantern down the path of holiness. Did, did anybody notice? Yeah, this, this blows my mind. Did you notice what God calls Gideon? This angel shows up, right, and sees him hiding. And he says, mighty hero, I'm with you. The dude's hiding. What do you mean mighty hero? Another scripture, a, a translation says, mighty man of valor. It's like, God, you're seeing somebody different than I'm seeing. That's your story. You've just decided that you have to hide because you're not a mighty man of valor. But do you understand that that's who God sees you as? You've got to get through your head that God believes in you even when you don't believe in yourself. The question is, are you willing to listen for God? Do you have the courage to go to him? I promise he'll fight those battles with you. You don't have to hide anymore. You don't have to be stuck anymore. I'm going to ask Rachel and, and Scott, and they're, they're going to come, and they're going to sing for us. I don't know where you are today. 
This morning you have an opportunity to respond to God. And maybe for some of you, you just need to ask God to speak to you. You just need to spend a moment in silence and just try to listen. Maybe there's some of you that need to pray for the courage to be obedient because it's not easy in this world to listen to everything that God says. And you need faith to trust his commands. Faith to know that his burden is light and his yoke is easy. Maybe there's some of you here today that you just needed to hear that, to quit trying harder and to run to the Father. The altars are open. I'm going to ask if some prayer partners would come and they're willing to pray with you and for you. We'll have two in the front and two in the back. If you don't feel like you can come or make your way to one of them, if you would raise your hand, one of them will come to you. But I want you to know something. If you leave today and you are still fighting the battle on your own, it's your fault because you've refused to step out of hiding because there are people here that are willing to go to war with you. There's a God here today that loves you enough to fight those battles with you. Don't miss out on that opportunity. God loves you so much. Whatever you face, he doesn't want you to face it alone. He wants to face it with you. Don't miss your chance to respond today. I'm just going to ask this morning if you would bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to pray for us um, as we leave today. I know that coming to the altar may seem weird and strange to you. But maybe you're willing to raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me today? Maybe you're facing something. You're facing it alone. Maybe you feel like you're stuck. And you don't really know why you're stuck or how you're stuck, but you're just uncomfortable. You'd say, pray for me. And maybe there's some of you here today that you're just hiding. Maybe it's from a responsibility. Maybe it's from a relationship. I don't know. You'd say, Pastor, Lord, would you pray for me today? But I just ask it, if that's you, would you raise your hand? I see you. I see you. I see you. Let me pray for us today. Father God, I... I think um, out of all the sermons I've ever preached, I'm not sure too many have been this hard on my own heart. I don't know if it's a, a guy thing or just a foolish will thing. I don't know. But there's been too many times in my life where I've just bought into that idea that I can just scratch harder that I can just try harder, that I can just bully my way through, that I'll just figure it out. And Lord, I just ask that you would just help us to remain in you, help us to know what that looks like, to seek you in your word, to seek you in prayer. Father God, all the hands that went up today, Lord, you, you know exactly the situation 
exactly the reason that gave them the courage to lift that hand up. And Lord, I ask that you would respond to that courage. I ask that you would be the difference today. I ask that you would move in a mighty way in them, that you would give them courage to lean into you, to find ways to hear from you, to find ways to ask you to, to fight with them, to have the courage to, to accept the challenge of, of looking at those things face to face, regardless of how scared we are, knowing, Father God, that you walk with us. Lord, we can, we can come here every week and pretend like we're all okay. But we're not. We need you. So I just ask that you would open our hearts, not only to you, but open our hearts to one another. That we would lean on each other, but ultimately leaning on your word and your truth and your guidance. Lord, we look to you and we just ask that you would meet us where we are and we ask that you would go with us and we ask that you would continue to give us courage to live for you. We love you. We praise you. In your holy name, amen. 